Praise the Lord. What a good God we serve. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, glory to God. What, uh, we've been uh, on Wednesdays, at least my time with you on Wednesdays, we've been ministering on uh, some of our patriarchs of faith and, and just kind of on a leading of the Lord on this. And so uh, um, we were first, uh, why don't we go ahead and put our opening verse up there and um, hallelujah, 1 Corinthians 10. Verse 11 says, now all these things happen to them as examples. Now, of course, um, the word, you know, them is talking about the children of Israel in context. And uh, they were, this all happened to them as an example, as a pattern. And we can see things, we can learn some things. And it says, and they were written, in other words, it was recorded for our admonition or for our instruction upon whom the ends of the ages have come. And... Uh, you know, so basically, you know, from now till for, forever, you know, we're, we'll use, you know, our patriarchs of faith as examples, amen, and, um, you know, we even have, even in the New Covenant, you know, we have, you know, patriarchs of faith, you know, people like Paul and Peter and things that they did, and really, in all honesty, the book of Acts is still being, being, being written. Because you and me are in it, Amen. Praise the Lord. So say, so make, so look at your neighbor and say, make sure you have something good to write about. <laughs> yeah, because you know as well as uh, you know anything we've been as we've been finding out is that uh, you know there's good, bad, and ugly, right? There's some things you know and that's not all so good. In fact, actually, where this is recorded uh, in First Corinthians, what they're talking about, there's some things that the children of Israel had done that was not good. So. Uh, just for us to learn from it, <clears throat> Amen. So, uh, what we've been doing is uh, uh, just talking about some of our patriarchs of faith. We haven't got very far really into it, um, but uh, we we spent a few weeks with David and talked about some principles about David's life and and uh, so what we started here a couple weeks back uh, talking about some things about Abraham, Amen. So with that, with let's go to Romans four, and we read couple of these verses, uh, you know, the last couple of weeks, but we're going to, probably going to come back into Romans 4 today, spend a little time there too, so, uh, but let's read the first couple of verses, verse 11, and again, we're jumping kind of in the middle of it, just because I kind of back up any further, then pretty soon I'm, I get all preachy, and then I don't get nothing done, so verse 11 says, and he, talking about Abraham, received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith, which he had while still uncircumcised. Now, remember, circumcision was a sign of the covenant. So, in other words, because of the covenant, he entered in with God. Amen. A blood shed. There was a cut. There was blood uh, that flowed. Um, and for man, it was, it was, for Abraham and his family, it was the circumcision. All right? And then that, of course, was the sign of the covenant from there on. And it goes on to say then, uh, for we say the faith, our part, uh, where am I? We'll jump back there. Let's see. Where am I at? Verse 11. A seal of, of the righteousness of the faith which he had while still uncircumcised, that he might be the father of all those who believe. Any believers in the house? Yes. So he's the father of our faith, it goes on. Uh, Though they are uncircumcised, that righteousness might be imputed or counted or granted to them also. And the father of circumcision uh, to those who not only are of the circumcision, now, of course, some of this is going to come out as we kind of dive into this, 
but, uh, but it goes on to say, but who also walk in the steps of the faith which our father Abraham had while still uncircumcised. In other words, so there were steps. Now, this word steps, I think we even took a little bit of time, maybe it was last week, and uh, looked at it. And it says uh, the word steps, uh, iknos is the Greek word, and it just means tracks. And it refers to tracks left by another that can be seen and followed. Okay, so the steps uh, were to walk, conduct life, live life, follow in the steps or the tracks. In other words, what, what Abraham left us that we can see and that we can follow, amen. So we're to walk in the steps of the faith of our father Abraham. In other words, he's a father of our faith, amen. Now, faith, of course, uh, Greek word pistis, right? Uh, P-I-S, T-I-S is the Greek word, and it, it means, uh, you know, assurance, a lot of, a lot of synonyms here, uh, assurance, reliance, dependence, uh, trust. In fact, the old covenant word for faith is trust, right? Um, but it also means uh, um, assurance or confidence in, and I think we use that a little bit. We've talked a little bit about confidence, and uh, so what we've been doing here, so we're we're looking at following after the steps or walking after the steps of the faith of our father Abraham. So what are we doing, the way we kind of came at this, was kind of looking at some of the different steps that he took. Now, we're no way going to be able to exhaust the subject by any means, but, but we just kind of took a couple steps already. We talked about, uh, first off, about the steps of obedience, in other words, following when God leads, right? I mean, that's going to be key. If you're going to receive anything, if your faith's going to work, then you're going to have to, you're going to, have to trust God in, in the areas of obedience, right? So if God leads and guides, you want to follow that, right? I mean, if you're not going to follow, it's kind of hard to get anything done if you're not going to follow, right? So that's a key. That was a key. We've seen that in Abraham's life. Also saw, um, uh, we talked about, I think it was last week, actually, the steps of what we called separation. And the new covenant word uh, was consecration. Uh, uh, or sanctification, okay? Uh, so that's what the new covenant uses, and it just means uh, a separation unto. In other words, if you're going to do this thing right, if you're going to walk this walk, there's going to be times in your life when you're going to have to, uh, you know, this is the way you lived and conducted life, and you're going to have to separate yourself from that because it's no longer how you are. It's no longer what you do. It's no longer how you talk. It's no longer how you live, right? So there has to be that in this. There's got to come that time when you're able to say, all right, when he's leading you down a path, that you're going to be willing to say, you know what, I'm not that way anymore. I'm not that person anymore. And you're able to separate, amen. And it can even involve things or even individuals sometimes. There's times that you might have to say, you know, i got to be kind of uh, done here with this relationship. Now, I didn't tell you to go home and tell your wife, I'm done with you now. We're not going to, that's not what it's talking about, amen. But uh, you know what I'm saying, sometimes there are, uh, relationships that we have in our lives, there's associations that we have no business hanging out with because it's not, a, it's not our life anymore. Come on, right? That doesn't mean you go out and be mean to your friends or, you know, to associations. It just means that, you know, you have to learn how to, uh, you know, to, to be different and be okay with that. Are you still with me? Amen. In fact, sometimes if, uh, you know, just maybe it just takes somebody to just make the decision to move forward in God, you might be amazed who follow. We, I think we talk, bro, talked about several different areas last week. One of them, we even talked about family, you know. And uh, if, you just, if you just make the decision to follow God, you might be amazed at how much your family will just follow. You know, you don't have to, right? 
Okay, I'll leave that one alone. That was last week. All right. So, but we have another step for you today, and I'm gonna I'm gonna call it steps of impossibility, and that's making impossibilities possible. Amen. And I believe Abraham uh, Abraham kind of had a kind of understood that a little bit. Amen. Or at least got it. You know, got some things of it right. So, with that said, we're going back to Genesis. Talk about it in his life here. We've spent some time in, you know, chapter 12 and last week in chapter 13 and chapter 14. And now we're going to go to chapter 15. All right. Hallelujah. Verse 1, please. We've got a little bit of reading to do off and on through the uh, service here. But verse 1 says, after these things, okay, and of course with the stuff we talked about last week, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. Now, one, uh, your cross-reference, at least mine even brings this out, that he says that your reward shall be very great. So your exceedingly great reward, or you have a, a great reward, you know, coming to you, basically. But verse 2, that, the reason I say that is because verse 2 says, But Abraham said, Lord God, what will you give me? So obviously he's talking about, a, you know, there's a reward. I'm your reward. You know, okay, okay, great. I have a reward, you know. So what are you going to give me? Come on. Hello. So that's why he's asking the question. What are you going to give me? And it says here, seeing. Everybody say seeing. In other words, he said just, I mean, you know, you can imagine he's talking to God. God says, I'm your, I'm, I'm your shield and I'm your great, uh, you know, I'm going to be your exceedingly great reward. You know, there's a reward just by, by having me a part of your life. There's a reward. There's something coming to you just by having me a part of your life. And he's, so he starts thinking, and the only thing he can think of is, I, uh, you know, take a look here. I have no, I have no heir. Okay? So he's, he's, he's saying, you know, look here. You know, see, seeing I go childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of, of Damascus. And Abram said, look. And here we go, looking now. So seeing, looking, you have given me no offspring, indeed one born in my house, is my heir. In other words, and not even, not really my, of my blood, okay? And so we see here that, you know, in a sense, what Abraham's doing, because this is key, okay, we're talking about now stepping into, uh, you know, maybe past a line of impossibilities, and we're, we're stepping, uh, taking steps of impossibility. One of the problems that we have going on is our senses. So he's saying, you know, just take a look. I mean, look. I mean, look. I mean, I got people around. I got kids even running around here, but ain't none of them mine. You know, if, you know, if you're my God, then, then how come I ain't, I ain't got no kids? You know, and so he's saying, you know, just look. I mean, look. I don't, I don't have any, you know, I don't have. So, right. Are you still with me? All right. So it's, it's, it's pretty key. But it goes on here then. It says, so. Uh, and behold, the word of the Lord then came to him, saying, This one shall not be your heir. And I was just talking about uh, Eliezer, the one that was born in his home. Uh, this one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Okay. All right. And it says, Then he brought him outside and said. Now listen, if you're going to use your senses, make sure they're in check. Right? If we're going to use the senses, which you do have the senses, God gave you the senses, the sight, the hearing, the taste, come on, right? Smell, right? They're senses, right? But if, if you're going to be dictated to by the senses, that's when we start having problems, right? But God says, all right, if you, want to, you, want to, you want to look at something, and I'll give you something to look at. 
all you can do is look around and say what you don't, and all you can see is what you don't have, then I, I'm going to change your picture. All right? So he took him outside. He said, now look toward heaven. He said, count the stars if you're able to number them. Amen. And so he said to him, so shall your descendants be. In other words, I'm giving you a whole new picture. You want to just look around what you don't have. I'm telling you, if you look up here and get a whole new picture, if you can, if you can even remotely think you can count them all, try it. And then just know this, so shall your descendants be. And remember, he said, coming from your loins, coming from your body. All right? So I'm going I'm to take your senses, and I'm going to use them right. Now, see, we have senses, okay? We have the eye gate. We have an ear gate. Come on, right? A, you know, mouth gate. Come on. And if we use them right, things work right. Now, we're talking about steps of impossibility. So we're never going to take steps of impossibility. We're never going to see the impossibilities made possible if you're always looking in the wrong place, always listening to the wrong things. Always talking the wrong things. Come on, somebody. If we're going to be, if we're going to be, if we're going to be moved by our senses in a negative way, then you're never going to step into a place of impossibility. All right. Instead, it's 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 never it's never going to change. In fact, if anything, it might even get worse. So you're going to have to use them right, and God's given you ways to do that. That word, when you take that word, and you begin to meditate that word, look on that word. What you're using is your senses, Amen. To take those words that even though it's black and white and red on them pages, depending on if you got a red letter edition or not, amen. But, uh, you know, it takes those words, amen, and it forms pictures and all that kind of stuff. You take it in, come on, you come in the eye gate, come on. Or maybe you're sitting here listening, so it's coming in the ear gates. And the idea is hopefully what you see in here begins to form pictures, come on, on the inside, amen, with then paints a picture so then well, you have something different to look at. Because that word, and I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, but that word is a language of potential, right? A language where all things are possible. So the more of that that you're taking in through the ear gates, the eye gates, come on, somebody, and it's coming out your mouth, come on, out the, out the mouth gate, come on, somebody. The more that's happening, you're using your senses right, the more you tap, then all things are possible. Because it is a language of possibility or potential. Amen. Still with me? Out there in the world, as we've, you've heard me say many times, is another language. We're not talking about, you know, English, French, Spanish, anything like that. We're talking about uh, the language of the world, okay? The language of the world is, 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 is littered with limits, okay? Everything out there is about limitation, okay? It will limit you. It will contain you. It will box you in. It'll build walls of containment around you, and that's what it'll do. And so the more that you're taking in all of that through the eye gates, ear gates, come on, the more that begins to manifest in your life. Still with me? All right, I told myself I'm just going to take my time with it, okay? Does that work? So, so anyway, uh, so, you know, he's talking, having a conversation with the creator of the ends of the earth. Right? It's recorded. For you and me, right? So he's talking to the, the God that created it all, and, and all he can focus on is how he ain't got no heir. Now, we know why he asked that. I mean, that's a valid question in a sense, but, but he's, he's trying to be focused more on this, and God says, all right, listen, you want to look at something? Then I'm going to give you something different to look at because we got to change this, all right? 
And obviously when he did that, the next verse then, uh, going to verse 6, it says, and he believed in the Lord. Everybody say he believed. believed. See, he believed in the Lord. Amen. And then it was accounted or credited, imputed, uh, attributed, amen, counted, amen, accounted unto him. Why? Because of righteousness or because he did what was right. What happened? He believed. He believed. So something happened. He crossed. He, he stepped out of a realm, in a sense, a realm of limitation into a realm of potential, a realm of possibility where all things are possible. Amen. Just because God got him to look at something different. So the word said that he believed in him. Good? Amen. Uh, what did Jesus say uh, in Mark uh, 9? He said, you know, that all things are possible to those who believe. Oh, thank you. Amen. Jesus said, remember, this was the father who had the epile- the boy with the epileptic seizures, and the boy always went into seizures, and uh, he, brought, he brought his boy to the disciples. They prayed with him. Uh, nothing seemed to change, and uh, I believe because of the senses, personally. All right, just what we're talking about, because I believe just like it happened for Jesus. So Jesus comes on the scene. What's going on? The father then begins to explain the whole scenario. He sees the up kind of the upheaval that's going on with all the people around. And 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 so Jesus then begins to find out what's going on with the boy. The boy then goes into a seizure right in front of Jesus. Jesus wasn't moved by it. You know, we always have to say on this state, he's the coolest cat to ever walk the planet. He wasn't moved by it. The boy's right there just doing it, going into a seizure right at his feet. And he asked, how long has he been like this? Now, I believe that's what happened to the disciples because it was demonic. So they're, they're gathered and they're going to pray. And we know by Scripture that the disciples at times were even sent out two by two to go pray. And they saw miraculous things happen. Even the demonic realm submit itself. Come on, right? I mean, we saw all kinds of great things that happened. In fact, Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning. Amen. Because they were out there doing what they were called to do. But for some reason, amen, this thing took them off guard. Listen, you know as well as I do, there's some things you're moving along and all of a sudden something happens and you kind of just go, you just kind of go freaky. Like Corona. corona. I thought it was a beer. But anyway, I, you know. Why is everybody freaking out because of Spanish beer? I don't understand it, but anyway, maybe it's, that's why you don't drink that stuff. See, this stuff happens. <laughs> now, I know that we've said some things on Sunday, and I'll probably continue to say more things. Um, but not that we make light of, uh, you know, the things that have happened. But, you know, when you start thinking about it, what they say? There's only been, what, 21 or 22 deaths? Now, listen, we're not making light of any death. But um, there have been over, over 20,000 deaths this season just from the flu. How many? 42,000. Just this season. And I mentioned cows. And it's still valid because there's, there's 22 people a year that die from a cow that steps on them or falls on them or they fall off the cow. I don't know. 
Now listen, all right, and again, I, I know we're kind of making little funnies, but I'm not making light of the fact that when somebody loses a life, that's always a bummer. But what happens is everybody's freaking out, getting all caught up in stuff. It's crazy. But see, you know, just something happens, and everybody it just triggers it, and everybody kind of goes, goes weird. And so here we have a boy that was brought to them to be prayed for. He goes into a seizure, probably you know, biting on his tongue and lip and maybe even foaming at the mouth, doing things and wall, falling in the fire, falling in the water, it said. Just, the kid would just kind of flop all over, and they're just kind of back, kind of probably all taking a back step because they don't know what to do. Are you with me? So something, are you still with me? And so something, see, you catch it, you see that, you hear that, you know. All of a sudden, the senses, see, are getting a little bit, you know, overwhelmed by what's going on here. And so what happens is it'll shut down your faith. It'll shut down your faith. So now you're more moved by how, what you're seeing here, and we walk by faith, not by sight. Come on now, and again, we're not denying the senses because the senses were given to you by God to be used to build faith. But when your senses are dictating, they'll shut down your faith. With me? All right. So it says here, all things then are possible to him who believes. So that's why it was imputed uh, to, to Abraham because he believed. He believed God. He saw that and he goes, all right then. From my own body, all right then. All right, I'll take that. He received that. He did. And then the next verse, he starts talking about the land that is be given to him. And then as a result of it then, he said, well, how am I going to know that I'm going to inherit all that land then? He said, all right. So then they, they end up doing the, what they call the, we call the blood covenant. Took the animals and they separate them. They split them in half. They, they lay them out. All the animals, so there's a bloody mess here. So Abraham knew what was going on. When God said, go, go get yourself a heifer and go get yourself this and that and this, he knew what was going on. It's, he's about ready to, God's about ready to make a covenant with me. So he did what God said, and that night he, he grow, grew tired, and God manifested himself. Come on, somebody. And a, a, a fire from the you know, loins up, fire from the loins down kind of thing. You know, and he comes down literally and walks the blood walk through the halves. Come on. Right? And nobody else walked. He did. So that's why later on then the, the cut, which blood flows, was the circumcision was the sign for man to enter into that covenant. That was his part about the, of the blood, okay? A lot said in just one or two sentences there. Okay, we can spend weeks on just talking blood covenant, okay? And we may someday here. But right now, we're not going there. What we're talking about is that's what's happening. So God did the blood covenant, the walk of blood. So he's now, you know, all this land he's promising him. All right. All right. All right. All right. But he went out and looked up in the sky, and just by seeing this, God says, so shall your descendants be. By that right then, he said, all right, I believe in that. And that's, that's what's going to happen for me. I'm going to have all kinds of kids running all over the place. Still with me? Okay, praise God. Are you getting bored with me already? Nope. All right, good. All right, so let's, uh, let's see here. Let's do this. Um, 
Let's go now to chapter 16, all right? You know, uh, when I was thinking about that, uh, you know, when, when you think about what, what Jesus was saying in, in Mark there about, you know, if you can believe, all things are possible to him. You know, what God's doing, what Jesus was doing was giving you permission to believe for the impossible. Or the un- unimaginable. See, he's giving you permission to do that. He said, but if you can believe it, if I can get you into that, that place, then you step out of a realm of limits into a realm of possibility. All right? But that's, that's, that's the key, though. you got to be believing. Okay? And that doesn't, that doesn't mean head, head, you know, consent. Come on. That means you got to, you, inside, you got to know that you know that you know. That's what it's talking about. Because the Word even says, you know, even the demons believe and tremble. I mean, they all know their, you know, their place. You know, so come on now. I'm just saying, so and when you're talking about head, you know, mental assent, am I saying that right? Okay. We're talking about really a revelation inside of knowing inside that you know, that you know, that you know. Okay, Abraham knew. Okay, so chapter 16. So he did know, but Sarah didn't. Right? All right, so what happened? Well, now Sarah, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, and she had an Egyptian maidservant whose name was Hagar. So Sarah said to Abram, See now, the Lord has restrained me from bearing children, which was not true, but... That's what she thought. She might have just got tired of him, you know, bugging him, bugging her every night. <laughs> I, I, hey, I'm just saying. Well, you know, I think sometimes we all get. I'll, I'll leave that alone. Anyway, <laughs> I think I just dug myself a hole here. Um, the point is, Abraham believed. Sarah did not. So. Son, get off me. (laughs) Abraham believed from his own loins, from his own body. Well, I'm going to have a son. I'm going to have an heir. Sarah did not. So Sarah had a thought. The only way I can get you to leave me alone? Are you hearing me? All right, all right. So... I don't need to explain anymore how that works, right? Y'all just, all right. <laughs> all right. So anyway, so see now the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. Please go uh, in to my maid. Perhaps I shall obtain, uh, ch- obtain children by her. And Abram heeded the voice of Sarah. Dude, wrong voice. That's a problem. Okay, you're listening to the wrong thing. You got another, you got, see, remember, senses. This all plays into this, Rick. It really does. Right? So, Mama said, do this, all right? And he heeded Mama's voice. All right? And we have trouble, Bubba, in just a couple verses. Right? 
Okay. So then Sarah, Abram's wife, took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, and gave her to her husband, Abram, uh, uh, Abram to be his wife even. After Abram had, had uh, dwelt 10 years in the land of Canaan. So, they, so he went into Hagar and she conceived. Well, because um, Abraham believed. And Hagar didn't have any reason not to believe. Now remember, Abraham at this time is uh, in his 80s. Or he was right at 80, right around 80. So Sarah would be 70, 75. So anyway, I think they're 10 years apart. I believe is what it is. So she hasn't had any, she hasn't conceived up to this time, so she just assumed she ain't gonna have ever have kids. And that's what came out of her mouth, too, wasn't it? Well, the Lord has restrained me. The Lord has saw to it that I, that was not true. That was false. All right. But that's what she thought. So that justified then her, her thought process that then created a problem. So now we have an Ishmael coming from Hagar, who is Abraham's son, and goes on to create nations, who we have all kinds of problems with. <laughs> I mean, and, and Abraham, you know, and Isaac's, uh, you know, uh, you know the, 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 the promised son, come on, and them have, haven't seen eye to eye since. Problem. Okay, well, it started right off the bat. So, so Hagar conceives, and as a result of it, there's an issue between the women, which you can imagine. Hello? Because I'm sure Sarah thought, I'm not the only one here that has an issue. He's an old guy, too. It probably don't work for him either. <laughs> I'm just saying... And all of a sudden, it works, right? So as a result now, okay, the ladies now have a little conflict, a little issue. They're looking at each other squarely. Come on, somebody. Now they're down with each other. So all of a sudden, we got issues now. And there it goes. And, we've never, and it's never stopped. So we have issues. Well, that's what happens. You know, we have Ishmael's in our lives when we give heed to the wrong voices. We've all been there. We've all gave birth to, eat, to Ishmael's. Right? There have been times we listen to the wrong voice. We follow things. We're more led by the senses. We follow our flesh instead of following the spirit. Come on, somebody. And as a result, we give birth to Ishmael's all around the place. And I'm not just talking about kids. You understand that, right? We're talking about all kinds of problems that go on in our lives because we just give heed. Now, um, you know, for whatever it's worth, um, you know, if something is birthed by the flesh. Uh, the problem with that, um, you know, anytime that anything starts by the flesh, it has to be maintained by the flesh. So it means there's always going to be some problems. Come on, somebody. Um, you know, sometimes the Spirit of God can get involved and we can turn some things around, but, if, if you, but that's only if you're going to follow God and let God lead. If you don't, then you're, you're constantly maintaining what got started by the flesh. No condemnation. It's just the facts. That's why it pays 
to repent, put stuff behind you and say, Lord, what do I do? And then follow, right? Does that make sense? All right. There's no condemnation because we've all been there. We've all done these things. All right. So um, another statement, I don't know, I just threw in my notes here, but whatever we compromise to gain, we'll ultimately lose. We see that also in this whole scenario here. We can go through many Bible verses and many Bible situations and stories, even some of our patriarchs of faith, that things that, we're, uh, that we compromise to gain, and it, ultimately we end up losing it entirely. Now just remember that because it's the same thing in, in the natural uh, with you and me today. Anything you compromise to gain, uh, ultimately you lose. And that's why it's, it doesn't pay to compromise, it just pays. Follow God, right? Even if there's a mistake that's been made, uh, step back. You know, just make things right with God on that thing. Put it under the blood and then follow God so we don't have any more Ishmaels. Right? All right. Are you grabbing this or not? Okay, I, didn't think, I don't think I can go any slower than this. All right? So that's, that's what's going on here. We're talking about steps of impossibility. If we're ever going to see God move and do something, then these are kind of things you're going to have to grab hold of. You can't keep living by the flesh or keep living uh, by your senses and think you're going to walk into impossibility, you know, seeing the impossibilities made possible. It ain't going to happen. You're going to constantly snowball these problems. All right. Let's go to chapter 17. Okay, so now we have an Ishmael. The last verse in, in chapter 16 says that Abraham was 86 years old when Hagar bore Ishmael. Okay, he was 86. Now you notice the next verse in chapter 17, verse 1. Now, when Abraham was 99 years old. We have 13 years lost here. 13 years. We have no idea. You with me? Sometimes that's, you have to understand, sometimes that's what Ishmael's do. Okay. All right. Abraham was 99 years old. The Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am Almighty God, or I am El Shaddai. All right. Hallelujah. Walk before me and be blameless, and I will make my covenant between me and you and will multiply you exceedingly. Then Abraham fell on his face, and God talked with him, uh, saying, As for me... Behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall uh, be a father uh, of many nations. Amen. So he's still, here it is, it's still, that promise is still there. No longer shall your name, now we're going to change something else here. Okay, we got you to look at something, but I'm going to do something different. I'm going to change your name. Okay, now why is this? Because it's all about the census. Say, what? Sure it is. So now... Everybody that used to call you Abram, which means actually an exalted father, is now called Abraham, which means a father of a great multitude. So now every time anybody calls you by name, so you have to, when somebody comes to Abram, it's, oh, I'm sorry, my name is now Abraham. Yeah, I know I was, you know, an exalted, you know, prince or father, but now I'm, now I'm a father of a great multitude. And they're all saying, Abraham? Yeah, that's my name now. So you have to start calling me Abraham. Right? Because that's what God said my name now is, Abraham. So what he's saying is I'm, I'm now what I'm doing is every time I'm hearing that, amen, or talking that, amen, I'm a father of a great multitude, father of a great multitude, father of a great multitude, father of a great multitude. 
So he's changing this thing, right? So in other words, he's still trying to get it alive in you. Amen, buddy. I'm still going to flow through your loins. But there's a promised child coming. All right? All right. You, am I boring you with this? All right. So then it goes on. It says, uh, verse, let's see how far down. Uh, no, your name, or pardon me, no longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be called Abraham. For I have made you, I have made you a father of many nations, and I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings shall come uh, from you. And then, of course, the next thing is dealing with the, now when the, the, the sign of the covenant, which was the circumcision, was the next things that go on. In fact, even in the middle of that, when he's talk, God's talking to him, about I'm going to make nations. He says, well, what about, what about you know, Ishmael? I mean, wh why can't we just use Ishmael? And God literally said, no. <laughs> when God says, no, what do you think that means? I'm just saying. I mean, is that, is that a friendly suggestion? You know, is that just something to ponder? You know, could it be? Maybe not. Maybe we should look it up in Hebrew and let's see, make sure it does mean that. <laughs> right? No, what's it mean? No. No. He's not the one. You gave heed to the wrong voice. But he did say he will produce nations, and he is blessed because it did come out of your loins. But he's not the one I promised you. Are you still with me? All right. So let's go to verse 18. Chapter 18, I mean. Okay. Uh, they appear to Abraham. The whole thing. Let's go down. Let's, let's break her down. Let's go down here to verse uh, 9. And they said to him, where is Sarah, your wife? Okay, this is, okay, so the, uh, you know, the three are standing there talking to him, and basically it's, it's representation of Father, Son, Holy Ghost, whatever. I mean, however you want to do it, but it's, it's, it's obviously, uh, you know, the Lord, it said, appeared to him. Okay, so we know the Lord's there, but there's three men standing there. All right, so he said, so they said this, where, where is Sarah, your wife? And so he said, here in the tent. And he said then, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. In other words, come on, nine months. And behold, Sarah, your wife. Behold, Sarah, your wife. Behold, Sarah, your wife shall have a son. But Sarah was in the tent listening. Right? She's hiding behind the tent door there, listening. Now, Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in years, and Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. So therefore, Sarah then said, it said that she laughed within herself, okay? And it literally means within, okay? So, and it's, it means in an area of a, more of a scorn or a mocking, a sarcastic kind of way, and it does mean within, okay? So it wasn't even that uh, she did it out loud. It literally was, she's kind of smirked on the inside like, yeah, right. Okay. And she's thinking inside, ha, ha, after I have grown old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord, of being old also? Uh, I, I, have I, sh, let me reread that. After I have grown old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord, being old also? In other words, we're both old, okay? And the Lord said to Abram, why did Sarah laugh? saying, shall I surely bear a child since I am old? Now get this. Is anything too hard for the Lord? That's a question. Is anything too hard for the Lord? 
No. Nothing's impossible. Remember that? Even when, when Mary in Luke 1 had said, uh, you know, had asked the question, you know, how, uh, how can this happen, you know? And the, they, the angel of the Lord said that nothing will be impossible for the Lord. Nothing's impossible for God, right? Nothing's impossible, right? And then she grabbed hold of it. She said, well, okay, be it unto me then. Now, Sarah's not quite hooking up yet, right? But remember now, she's, she's you know, she thinks she's justified because I'm old. And when we're done today, we'll have all the elderly women come up forward. We'll pray for them and those that... <laughs> Everybody's running out there. <laughs> Amen to that. <laughs> now, I won't do that, by the way. I ain't going to sow that seed. Somebody says, you got to have your quiver full. No, I just need a couple straight arrows. I'm great. Right? Doesn't matter, whatever you want, whatever, hallelujah. But two's fine for me, hallelujah. Anyway, moving right along. So what do we have here? Nothing's too hard. Amen. Nothing's too hard for the Lord. Now, how many believe that? Now, Jeremiah thought that. Come on. Uh, Jeremiah 32, he brings out, uh, you know, he says that, uh, you know, nothing's too hard for the Lord. You know, he goes on to talk about, you know, talking to God about, you know, God, you can do all this, you can do that, you can do this, and nothing's too hard for you. And, and then, you know, uh, and then pretty soon, you know, uh, he starts talking about, but this whole thing you're asking of me, I don't know if you know really what you're asking because, you know, I just don't know uh, that this can happen. You know, and, you know, we're dealing with people and people kind of, you know, you know, kind of, kind of work a certain way here on planet Earth. They're just different. And you're probably not really understanding it. It's not like they are up in heaven. It's just way different down here. And then God answers him in the same chapter, and, uh, you know, basically 10 verses later, uh, I believe it's verse 27 of, of Jeremiah 32, he says this, um, I'm the God, this is how God answers, I'm the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? In other words, he took his own words and put them back in his face. I thought you said there's nothing too hard for me. Now, the reason I've mentioned that is because, you know, here he's making this statement because Sarah had laughed. And he says, is there anything too hard for the Lord? You know? Well, then you better hook up to that. Because if you're going to step into into a place of impossibilities where all impossibilities are made possible, then you're going to have to cross over that thing and get a revelation of the fact that all things are possible, regardless of how many years you've had to put up with something, deal with something. Come on, no matter how you feel about it, no matter how your body reacts to it, no matter how your mind is playing games with you, no matter what has happened at this time and at that time and at this time, you have to cross over and say, nothing is too hard for the Lord. So, back to Genesis 18 and verse 14 again. Is anything too hard for the Lord? 
At the appointed time, I will return to you according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. But Sarah then denied it later. No, I, no, I didn't laugh. I, no, I didn't. Well, she just she got busted, right? Or she was afraid, and, and he said, no, but you did laugh. So you can imagine, you know, probably feel a little embarrassed because she got busted. Come on, somebody. But sometimes, you know, that's okay. You ever been called on the carpet? You probably don't come here very long and get that happen once, to, once or twice, right? There's no condemnation with that, but sometimes it's okay to get busted. That was so weak. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's okay to get your toes stepped on. Now, not that we come in here every day thinking, who can I step on today? It isn't that way at all. But you just have to understand that anytime you open up the Word and you start diving into truth, especially when you start talking about things like faith, You know, sometimes your life is going to get, you know, put under a microscope or put under a light, and all them little bugs are going to f- run, right? It happens, okay? Again, not that anybody comes in every day thinking, you know, we're going to do it. it. just It's just the way it is. Anytime you start, could you imagine Jesus standing on the hillside and how many times people got a little squirmy? <laughs> right? And had to get up and go to the bathroom? Just saying. Come on now. It happened, you know, because it's like, oh, my God, now he's, now he's meddling. Now he's meddling. Now he's meddling. No, no, he's not. He's just dealing with it because if you don't address that, it may never change. See, Sarah, you're laughing on the inside because on the inside, you honestly believe this couldn't happen to you. But now I've just busted you, even though you didn't even do it out loud. I called you on the carpet, and you know it. We know that. We're there. Come on. Right? That's we, we're right here, hon. Right here. So you did laugh. And so no more laughing. This serious business. Now, of course, obviously, you know, she gets a hold of it. And, you know, a couple chapters later, we have Isaac into the picture. Amen? So obviously she gets it. Come on. Isn't that good news? Everybody say, yay, Sarah. Yay, Sarah. <laughs> uh-huh. Go, girl. Go, girl. Go, girl. So it wasn't long. She went and bought a T-shirt that said baby, had an arrow going down. <laughs> Amen. Local Walmart. All right. All right. So now what? Well, let's, let's do this, okay? Um, we're going to go back into... Um, Romans, with all this stuff that we just read, we're going to look at some things, how Paul says some things in the book of Romans, chapter 4. We doing good? All right. So Romans 4 again, and we read verse 11 and 12. Let's go to verse 13. And so some of this now we've we've read uh, in Genesis, and... uh, now, let's see this, because we're talking about, um, you know, steps of impossibility. You know, if we're going we're to cross over into a realm where all things are possible, um, then, you know, what we're doing is we're learning from Abraham and Sarah today, right? Because Sarah obviously got it. Um, and uh, it says, uh, verse 13, for the promise, everybody say promise. Okay, let's, let's define promise. 
Um, the word promise, if you look up that word, it just means an expressed assurance on which expectation is to be based. Okay? Now, this is necessary because God has given you all kinds of promises. Um, you know, we hear anything from anywhere from 7,000 to 10,000 promises in the Word of God that are given to you and me as believers. That's a lot of promises. And those promises deal with everything from salvation to making heaven your home. Health, wholeness, preservation, protection, right? Things concerning your marriage, things concerning uh, your finance, things concerning your kids. Uh, we can go on and on of all the different promises that are out there, just thousands of promises, okay? All right, so God made a promise to Abram, right? Now, he expressed, so the word promise means an express, something spoke, expressed assurance, in other words, something you can bank on, expressed assurance on which expectation, talking about your expectation, your hope, your anticipation, your expectation is to be based on. So in other words, when God gives you a promise now, you now base your expectation or hope on that. In other words, that's the picture now you start, because that's really what hope means is a, is a picture, okay? Thoughts come together and they form a picture, and that can either, that can either produce a, a hope of good things or a hope or expectation of bad things. Expectation can work either way, but it works because faith gives substance to what you hope or expect. That's why if you're expecting a bunch of bad, get out of it because your, 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 faith, your faith gives it substance. Because that's what you're believing. See, that's what, what happened for Sarah. Sarah believed, well, I ain't going to have kids. I mean, I'm past the age, right? I can't, that's why you need Hagar. Take her and whatever, right? So there's a promise been made to Abram. So he based his expectation and believed in it. Bang, it was now accounted to him, imputed to him, amen, given to him based on he did the right thing, based on righteousness, in other words, rightness or doing the right thing. Come on, depending on how it's used. But in other words, he was made right because he did the right thing. What did he do? He believed. He believed it. He believed what God said. And so, bang, it was now imputed to him or accounted unto him. Still with me? Because that comes up all the time through the Scriptures. Multiple times it talks about, you know, how things were imputed to Abraham just because he believed. Amen. Imputed unto righteousness. And it was all because he believed. Okay, so I said all that. For the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law. In other words, through some list of do's and don'ts. But through what? The righteousness, the rightness of faith. In fact, um, the chapter earlier in Romans he calls it even the law of faith, the principle of the law of faith. In other words, if we're going to go by some law or principle, it's not based on a bunch of do's and don'ts that you do necessarily all in the natural, but based on you believing, amen, and then every action beyond that is based on believing, not based on a list of do's and don'ts. Now, there's do's. And there's don'ts. But it works better when you're believing. 
and not just trying to do everything by your own strength or your own power or your own flesh. Is anybody hearing me? That's why a lot of times people say, well, I do this, I do that, I do this, and how come it ain't working? Because really, in all honesty, you don't believe it works. You think it's based on you did 42 push-ups, you did 17 pull-ups, and, and you think because of that, bless God, I ought to have abs and biceps the size of Arnold's. Is anybody hearing me? See, the point is, is that it's based on a belief. You believe in what he's done, and thus now I follow based on leadings that God gives me. Does that, does that work? Did I lose you all or not? Okay. Now, this all works because sometimes, you know, we wonder how come some things don't manifest. Well, it could be just simple things. It could just be the fact that you're, expe- you're really, you know, even though mental assent says, I, I see the principle in the word, I mentally agree with what it says there, but inside I'm still scoffing or I'm still in doubt. Come on, I still don't really, uh, my, my wagon hasn't hitched to it yet. Are you still with me? And see, what happens is, see, see, it's okay to get your toe stepped on here because we got to get your wagon hitched. If your wagon ain't hitched, somebody needs to say, hey, stop, stop, stop. The wagon isn't hitched. So it's okay when somebody says, your wagon ain't hitched. You don't go, not so. No, dude, dude, no, no, we got, no, no, my wagon's always hitched. No, 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 it's not. No, no, my wagon's always hitched. Talk to the hand because the head ain't listening. No, how many know that ain't going to work? You can do that all day long and try to buffalo your way into getting results. You ain't going to get results. You might as well just stop, walk around, and go, my wagon ain't hitched. Right? Then you back that baby up, tie her down, come on, hook, make sure you get the lights hooked. Get everything hooked up, on you go. Praise the Lord. Back to town you go, right? Now we can get somewhere. Still with me? Okay, the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or, uh, or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. And they were doing the right, right things. And what he did, what was right, he believed. Verse 14. For if those who are of the law are heirs, and if it's all based on just a bunch of do's and don'ts, some list of things, okay, then faith is made void, and the promise is made of no effect. In other words, and then what's the point of faith? What's the point of any of this? Come on, right? He's, he's the heir of the promise, right, because he believed, right? And it goes on, verse 15, because the law brings about wrath. Well, that doesn't sound good. Now, we can go all day just talk about what the Word has to say about what the law actually is. Ministry of condemnation, it's called in 2 Corinthians. What? Yeah, well, because the law is about a list of things, and what comes, see, listen, what comes, what it reveals, it says here, it brings about, it reveals wrath, for where there is no law, there is no transgression, which means this, what the law shows is do's and don'ts. And through the do's and don'ts, you realize 
I didn't do what I should do or I, I did what I shouldn't do. Come on, which then all I did was bring to my attention I'm, I'm messing up or coming up short, right? And as a result of it, then it opens the door for condemnation, guilt, and that's why none of it's any good. And so we said, well, why did God do that? What was the purpose of that? Because they all thought they were, you know, they all thought they had her down and they didn't. He said, you really think you're living this? You really think you got this down? Let me show you some do's and don'ts here. Let me show you what, I, what I'd like to see of your life. And then they all go, well, well, who can do all this? Obviously not you. Right? But there's one coming. Right? Who will do all and pay a price for you. So now... You don't, you don't receive it based on a list of do's and don'ts. You receive it based on believing in the one who paid the price, right? So I believe in him, and then he walks me through all the do's and don'ts. Because it doesn't, you know, it doesn't, you know, when you start thinking about a life of God, it probably has a few do's and a few don'ts. But he's not requiring you to, Grab the list, now fulfill the list, and then everything will be good for you. No, you're going to be so far under condemnation after the first three or four that you read because you're going to recognize, didn't do that one right, didn't do that one right. Whew, have a hard time with that one. Whew, walk in love with everybody? Are you kidding me? Forgive? Are you nuts? Right? Somebody says, well, if that's the way it is, ain't none of, it, ain't none of us going to make it. Absolutely. That's the point. Ain't none of you going to make it without him, without believing in him. That's the point. So now I, by believing in him, I've stepped out of a, I step out of a realm of limitations into a realm of possibility. See, a minute ago, I didn't think any of it was possible. But now I'm hooked up with him, believing in him, and all of a sudden he, he shows, reveals, and walks me through things. And the next thing I know, I'm actually doing what I thought I could never do. I'm actually fulfilling what I thought I could never fulfill. I'm actually thinking different than I ever thought. I'm responding different than I ever responded in the past. All because Amen. I believed in him, which then brings me now into a different realm. Come on, somebody. And this is how this stuff works. Now all things are, all things are possible now. Whew. All right. All right. Where are we at? Okay. So let's go to verse 16. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace, which is important. What's grace again? A divine influence upon the heart. And then it's reflection in your life. Hang on to that. All right. So uh, you always know grace has got to come in here somewhere. It is of faith. In other words, your confidence, your brightness, your trust in God, that it might be according to him influencing you or empowering you so that the promise then, come on, that expressed assurance on which that thing he promised you, that expressed assurance on which expectation is to be based because now I'm believing, I've got confidence in because he's empowered me now that I can actually do this. Okay, 
Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace so that the promise might be sure to all the seed. That includes all of us, not only those who are of the law, but those also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Anybody belong in that category? Hey, ho, that's us. As it is written. Here we go. Remember some of this we read. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. In other words, that was the promise he said to him. I, I made you a father of many nations. Before he became that, he said it. In the presence of him whom he believed, uh, pardon me, whom he believed, and I think the old King James says, even God, so it kind of almost brings it. He believed God, right, who gives life to the dead. In other words, he speaks life. Come on, into a dead situation or a lifeless thing. Is that what not what happened? He brought life into Abraham, brought life into Sarah. Come on. See, he, he, gives, uh, he calls those things which do not exist as though they did, which is the principle of faith. Don't call those things that are as though they are, because that's what you're being led by the senses. Listen, for whatever it's worth, Okay, you'll, you'll never walk in divine health if you're, if you're always listening to your body. Because your body will tell you something different. So you have to call things that be not as though they are. So in other words, you might be in a place where health and wholeness may not be manifesting, but you speak health and wholeness because you're calling things that be not as though they are. That's the principle. All right, that's right. So that's what, see, remember, that's what happened with Abraham. You're now Abraham, father of a great multitude, a father of many nations. So everywhere he went, I'm Abraham. Everybody says, hi, Abraham, you crazy nut. <laughs> right? Because nobody else understood because nobody else could believe it. They're thinking, this guy's nuts. Sorry, Rick. I, didn't, I just you're always in the front row. You get all everything, don't you? I know, man. I just I always say, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick on Juan instead of Rick today, and it never happens. I always go on back to Rick. Anyway, the point is, right? Nobody else is believing, so he makes sure everybody calls him Abraham. So everybody says, "Hey, father of a great multitude." He said, "That's right. That's right. Keep it coming. That's right. Keep saying it. Come on, with, right?" Huh? Somebody says, you're broke. That's uh, you're talking to somebody else. You're, 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 you're sick. You're diseased. You must be talking to somebody else. Right? Come on. Anyway, I'm the whole message on faith right there. Okay. Amen. So, what, you know, you call things that be not. And that's what God did. He called things that be not as though they are because he, he can speak life into a dead situation. Nothing's impossible with God. So whatever it is that you think is no more or can't be, there's no way it could happen, not with God. All things are possible. Now, all we got to do is just get you to believe, and you do your part. Come on. And he'll always do his part. Are you still with me? Who contrary to hope, in hope believe, verse 18. So in other words, uh, uh, one translation says, uh, calling things... Uh, not being as being who beyond hope, on hope, believed. In other words, beyond what the picture was, I'm changing my picture, and I'm going to now think the way he said to think. So my picture is now what he said. Every time I look up, I see the stars. Woo! 
And even actually a chapter earlier, he said he even looked down at the sand. Says as much as try to think about that, even how can you count the grains in the sand, so shall your seed be. Look up in the sky. What do you so in other words, I'm gonna take your senses, I'm gonna give you a picture, buddy. You ain't never gonna forget, praise God. I'm changing, even though the picture was back there. Remember, he said, See, I don't have an heir. See me without a child. No, 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 that ain't the picture anymore. See, beyond that picture, we now gave you a new picture. He believes in the new picture, and now it's brought forth manifestation. Woo! Isn't this good? Hallelujah. I preached myself happy. Who contrary to hope and hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations. Why? Because he hooked up with God. Because he said what God said to say. He saw what God said to see. Come on. He got everything, and so he became then what he said. He became what he saw. Oh, yeah. Somebody says, well, I just wish that happened for me. I just wish this. Listen, we got to get you to become. So how's that going to happen? We got to get you to see a different picture. We got to get you. Come on. We got to get those senses working for you and not against you. Right? got to get your mouth right. That's why I always say get your head right, your heart right, and your mouth right. Get those things right, you'll be amazed what starts working. All right, anyway. So he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken. See, it came according to the promise. So shall your descendants be. And there's all kinds of promises. We can say the same thing. All this happens to you according to what was spoken. Now, whatever that promise is, you can take that and say, that's the promise, that's what was spoken to me. Grab hold of that, get a revelation of it, change your picture to it. You'd be amazed how all of a sudden, now you, now you become according to because you hooked up. Now, you got to remember, okay, you can't just listen to any voice. You can't just, you can't just see anything. You can't just, you know, buy into everything. Come on, somebody. You got you to hook up. You got to get your eye gates, your ear gates, your mouth gates. Come on, you got to get these gates working for you so they open up to the right things. Come on. I was just listening to a, a gentleman that was a, he's a world-renowned um, comedian, and he said in the very beginning, uh, he knew in his heart, he was supposed to. Uh, he was supposed to be a comedian. He just knew it, and so he came home to the family, told the family, "I'm supposed to be a comedian," and and they all said, "Nope, no way, don't quit your job, don't do it, don't go there, you'll get ate up. It ain't gonna happen." Everybody, and and listen, most of them were believers, and they still said it, right? You know, I tell the story about the gentleman uh, went in, and they, they wanted me to come in and pray for him. So he's laying on a bed. He's dying. So he's on his deathbed, okay? So they said, can you go in and pray for him? I said, I, I, I will gladly do that. So went in there, prayed for him. Uh, I said, you got any oil? They said, yeah. So let's anoint him with oil. Now, all the, everybody in the room is believers, all of his family. Ah. He's a believer. We can just let him go on home. He, he's going to be with the Lord, Right? But they want prayer. Okay, then we're going to pray. Right? Okay, so we know him with oil, prayed over him, 
And we said, okay, everybody, everybody in the room, amen, everybody. In fact, we're all spirit-filled, man. All right, and I was like, man, woo, God's moving. Hallelujah. I call him whole. They go, amen, brother. All right, I'll be back tomorrow. All right. Came in the next day. He saw me come in, and he perked up. As soon as anybody else came in the room, he go, <laughs> serious. First time, and he, so as soon as they all walk out of the room, he go, hey, come here. Go, hey, buddy. How you doing? Good. You think God could heal me? I know God could heal you. Really believe that? I do. Somebody else walk back in the room, he go, <laughs> serious. I ain't, I, I ain't pulling your leg. Serious. So they walk back out of the room. Really? You really believe that? I do. I said, he said, well, well uh, what do I need to do? I said, well, I don't. Let's, let's find something we can attach our faith to. All right, so you're laying here. You've been in this, this condition for a long time. It's obvious. And I, I looked out through the window, and I saw in his, in his driveway a boat. Right? I said, do you like to fish? I love to fish. Okay. You got something to look at. Now, you look out that window, you see that boat, and you see yourself on that baby again, driving out there, amen, poles, you know, out there pulling in, what do you call that when you're trolling, whatever, I'm not a fisherman, <laughs> and I told him, so I said, I'm not much of a fisherman, but I'll tell you what, here's another thing, and then I'll get on that boat with you, and you take me fishing, and I don't even like fishing. I like to catch. <laughs> but I hate fishing. <laughs> we were out, a bunch of guys were out salmon fishing, and I'm like, this is the most boring thing I ever been in my life. And I'm thinking, uh, so I had bait, and I, I noticed every time I threw the bait out, the seagulls, and I thought, oh, this is going to be fun. So I thought, I ain't catching fish. I'll catch seagulls. <laughs> and they go, they come in, and I let them just kind of, <laughs> and I'm waiting for them. I said, watch this. And I'll, and then, <laughs> and these guys are like in the boat going, you're going to get us in trouble. Stop it. I'm thinking, I'm catching something. Boring, this other thing. So anyway, never mind. So anyway, I get this guy. I said, oh, you take a picture. Take a look at that, and that's your picture, right? All right, all right. So I came back the next day. Man, he's like, oh, yeah. Oh, I'm feeling strong. Every day he's getting moving. He's moving around. Amen. Hallelujah. Next day I come back. He's able to sit up in the bed a little bit. Hallelujah. And everybody's just kind of like, you know, kind of, you know, they just learned now. They just stayed out of the room. So they did. So one day I come to the door, and I could see him in there, and uh, they didn't want to answer the door. What's going on? So finally, I knocked again, thinking, well, what's the deal here? Because they're looking right at me. So finally, they, uh, are you, am I boring you with this? Okay. Um, so uh, they let me in, and they said, uh, uh, can I have you just sit on the couch here for a minute? I thought, okay, that's kind of weird. So I sat down on the couch, and they all grabbed a chair. They did. They all grabbed a chair from the, from the kitchen, and they came in with their chair. And they sat it in front of me. And there was, I don't know how many, there was like four or five of them. And they got in a half circle in front of me. And I thought, this is weird. We're just going to have a prayer meeting. <laughs> right? 
I mean, I, I, I'm just a young, young cub, man. I'm just thinking, man, well, I guess we're going to have a prayer meeting. And they said, well, we just, we want to have you stop doing this. I'm like, what? I couldn't, what? Well, last night, he got out of the bed. I'm thinking, ha, ah, wow, yes. And they're like, no, no, that's not good. I'm like, what? Sure it is. And he walked to the bathroom. <laughs> yes. No, that's not good. Because he could fall and get hurt. I'm thinking, what? I'm thinking he's walking. He hadn't walked, he hadn't walked in months. He's walking and he went to the bathroom. You didn't have to clean anything up. I'm thinking this is a good thing, right? Am I the only one feeling this? And I'm thinking to myself, this ain't right. What's I don't I don't get it. Well, we were we just don't want you to do this anymore. And so uh, we'd like you to go, and you don't have to bother coming back. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, rejection, right? So I walk out, and, and uh, I thought, you know, surely they didn't mean that, right? So, you know, glutton for punishment. So I come back the next day, and they didn't open the door this time. <laughs> so that was... So somebody said, well, what happened? I don't know. You guess. Now, I had a gentleman before that. You've all heard my story with Roger, right? Little brother Roger. They sent him home from the nursing home to die. Literally. We don't want to deal with him. They sent him home to die. Oh, yeah. You can imagine walking in this home. And, and so it just starts with one thing. All I did was just start praying that he could get some feeling in his extremities, little by little. And then little by little, pray that he could move his toes and move his feet and keep praying. He came in the next day, he came in the next day. Pretty soon, I got the same thing. What would you, what would you like to do? He says, I, he could, he could talk like this. I'd like to be able to get back in my car and go get the mail. I said, okay, then, let's do that. Let's believe for that. All right, that gives us something to attach to. All right, come on, right? Listen, are you learning something? Yeah. I mean, sometimes we just say, well, I prayed one time, and it didn't happen. Well, according to your senses, you say it didn't happen. According to God, it's a done deal. We just got to get you to hook up and believe it. Well, one, two, long, pretty soon we got little Roger up out of, out of his chair and moving around. He was moving real slow. Got him up to the you know, a little straight, got him back down, got him set down. Next day, got him go a little bit further, a little bit further. Come on, somebody. Huh? Got some people to come in and clean the house once and like, oh. Got that so everything starting out changing and it's getting clean and smells nice in here now. And, and little Roger, you're starting to move around now, buddy. And then next time we know, next thing, he's going out the front door. Take him down, take him down his little sidewalk. Welcome right back up. All right, there we go. About a month later, he was in his car going down getting the mail. Don't tell me it don't work. Just got to change the picture. Are you still with me? That's how this stuff works. All right.
I need to finish. I know I've, I've been long, haven't I? According to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. Now, here we go. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body, talking about Abraham, already dead since he was about 100 years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb when she was already about 90 years old. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced. That's the key. See, when he got to the place where he did not waver and he became fully convinced, it was a done deal. It was over with. Come on. And he said, being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. And therefore, listen, it was then accounted to him for righteousness because he did what was right. Now, it was, now, listen, it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but also for us. It shall be imputed to us who believe. Everybody say, I'm a believer and not a doubter. In him who raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered up because of our offenses and was raised because of our justification. In other words, Jesus paid the price for you and me. If we will just believe, you'll be amazed at what can happen. You step out of a realm of limits into a realm of all things are possible. Did you get something today? Give the Lord a praise. Come on. Why don't you all stand up? Let me pray over you. Praise the Lord. Boy, doesn't that excite you, though? I just, man, this. So what, what are you believing for? What do you, what do you got your faith attached to? What, are, what kind of promises are you standing on? Now this, I'm, you think about it, don't, I don't need you all to answer me, but I'm just, you know. And then find, you know, then in yourself, you know, are you, are, do you got your wagon hitched? All right, now if something ain't working, it doesn't hurt. Once in a while, check and make sure the wagon just might not be hitched. Come on now. Don't just sit back and go, in the name of Jesus, my, ha- my wagon's hitched. No. <laughs> Get off the tractor, go check it out, make sure the wagon's hitched. Okay, right? Come on now. I'm saying, some people do that, and then they just, you know, in the name of Jesus, and, and they go on, and nothing changes, and then you go another month, another month, another month, another month, a year went by, nothing's changed. So you got sometimes you got to find, you know, it's okay to say, you know what, my wagon hasn't been hitched. I'm really not in faith. I'm really not believing. I'm, I'm still more consumed by how it looks or how I feel or, or what they said or whatever, okay? So, Amen. All right, so, so Father, I know, amen. Yeah, it's true. It goes off into the ditch while you're going down. You're thinking you're pulling your wagon, and your wagon's about three miles back in the ditch. Yeah, I grew up in a farm. We've seen that more than once. Uh, so anyway, amen. You get back to the town and turn your beans in and realize they're saying, uh, came without a wagon today, huh? You go, I'll be right back. <laughs> Amen. So anyway, it happens. So, all right. Well, Father, I just give you praise and glory and honor. Thank you for this people today. They had an ear to hear and a heart to receive. Thank you, Lord, that we all got our wagon hitched. Praise God. And if we don't, I thank you, Lord, you walk us through us, show us uh, how to get that thing hitched right. Praise God. And I give you the praise for it. Father, forgive us for all the times that maybe we've done things that uh, maybe without really believing. Maybe we were uh, more caught up in the flesh and we're caught up in the natural. 
uh, forgive us for that. And we know that you're faithful and just to forgive us, so we receive that. We thank you for it. But, Lord, our heart is to do this thing right, praise God. Hallelujah. So we can see the results that we're called to get. And for that, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. God's good. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.